Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. Thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you will get your favorite non-alcoholic beverage, <laughs> amen, coffee, tea, uh, whatever you enjoy, Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola, uh, whatever you enjoy. Just, just come and sit down with us for a little while. Take a break from the momentum that is, is, is gathering for the Christmas season. It gets to be a mad dash and a mad rush after a while to get all the preparations done. And, and uh, the little girl got so excited about Christmas. She got down by her bed uh, about three days out from Christmas Day and and in the midst of all of the chaos going on to get ready for it uh, she, she was going to say forgive us our trespasses and forgive us our debts and instead she said Lord forgive us our Christmases as we forgive those who Christmas against you. Maybe that's an appropriate prayer if we do not celebrate it in the right spirit. Amen. Listen, friend, Christmas for the Christian is all about Jesus Christ. It's a constant reminder of His love and His faithfulness. The baby came to lay in the manger, but not to stay in the manger. The Christ child grew to full maturity and at 33 years of old took our sins and our punishment for them upon the cross. The cross was the first Christmas tree in a very real sense. Far too many Christians see the child in the manger evoking emotion instead of the man on the cross stimulating true devotion. There, Therefore, there's more excitement even in, in many Christian adults about what's under the tree than the man who gave his life on the tree for you and me. The Apostle Paul, on the other hand, found unshakable faith and uninterrupted peace and unspeakable joy through his knowledge of and confidence in Jesus Christ. That's why the title of our message today is Christmas Confidence. Christmas Confidence. Confidence. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. Before I begin reading this, I read of a pastor recently that talked about the cross uh, during a Christmas communion service. And he emphasized the cross. And while emphasizing the cross, he saw a man who looked very dour and sour in the audience. And after the uh, communion service was over, the man came up and said to him in a very uh, growling voice, he said, he said, thank you, preacher, for ruining Christmas. In other words, let's don't talk about the mission of Jesus, why he came to lay in that manger. Let's keep him in the manger. Let's just play the little Christmas carol about a way in a manger. The manger's an important part of the Christmas story. He couldn't have went to the cross if he didn't come to lay in the manger. But I said it before, I'm going to reiterate it. Jesus came to lay in a manger, not to stay in a manger, but to go to the cross. And you can't have confidence in a baby laying in a manger, but you can have perfect confidence in the Christ. Hallelujah. Who went 
to the cross, who rose from the dead, who ascended into heaven, who sat down at the right hand of God, and who is soon coming back again. Glory be to God. And until he gets back again, amen, he ever lives to make intercession for us and promised to never leave us and never forsake us, to go with us all the way, even unto the end of the age. That is the confidence that we should have during Christmas and throughout the entire year. Listen to Second Timothy 1 and verse 12. The Apostle Paul said, For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. See, friend, the words of the great apostle stand in marked contrast to our age of doubt. Here is a positive confidence which defies us to shake its stability. Here is someone who has no doubts about what he believes. He's certain. He's absolutely sure. Amen. He is fully persuaded. Let's look this morning at his testimony in Scripture and discover the source of his certainty and his confidence. The Apostle Paul had a Christ-centered confession. For I know whom I have believed. Here we have a statement of faith. It's really a confession of faith. You know, we're told in Scripture, hold fast your profession of faith. That, that Greek word rendered profession literally is confession. Hold fast your confession of faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Hallelujah. That's what Paul knew about Jesus. Amen. But notice here, it was faith in a person, not just in a promise. Paul's confident testimony was that he had faith in Jesus Christ, a personal faith in a personal Christ. Paul did not say, I believe certain things about Jesus. He said, I know him. Amen. There's a vast difference in knowing about him and knowing him. Amen. A lot of people in church know about him, but clearly do not really, really know him by revelation of the Spirit and realization in their own personal walk with him. Confidence is commonly defined as a relationship based on trust and intimacy. The scriptures teach that we have a, a relationship with God, a reconciled relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And the result will be a bold and absolutely unshakable faith. Amen. Donner Atwood in Reformed Review writes this, this paragraph, uh, and, and listen to this true story. During the terrible days of the Blitz, a father holding his small son by the hand ran from a building that had been struck by a bomb. In the front yard was a shell hole. Seeking shelter as soon as possible, the father jumped into the hole, held up his arms for his son to follow. Terrified, yet hearing his father's voice telling him to jump, the boy replied, I can't see you. The father, looking up against the sky tinted red by burning buildings, called to the silhouette of his son, But I can see you. Jump. 
the boy jumped because he trusted his father to catch him. Hallelujah. You know, someone said one time that faith is not jumping to conclusions. Faith is concluding to jump. Amen. Paul took that leap of faith and said, I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able, able and faithful to keep what I have committed unto him against that day. Hebrews 10.23 tells us, let us hold fast fast our profession of faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. You know, the Bible said in the book of James, he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. Don't let that man expect to receive anything from the Lord. Amen. There's too many people that are that are subject to the circumstances of life, just like a wave who can't direct its own way. It is driven by the winds and tossed. We don't want to be that kind of wavering faith Christian. We want to be like the Apostle Paul. That's why we need more than ever in these last troubled times an unshakable confidence in Christ. And Christmas is a good time to reflect upon why he came and the mission that he accomplished and what's about to happen he's about to come again very very soon not to lay in a manger not to stay in a manger but to come as the glorious conquering king of kings and lord of lords he's not coming back on a donkey he's coming back on a white stallion and the armies of heaven are coming back with him amen Paul's, Paul's confidence, amen, is, is, is a confident conviction, amen. He said, and I am persuaded that he is able. Faith persuades us of the truth. Here's Paul's confident conviction. God is able. Literally, we're entered in almost everywhere you see that, faithful and able. This confidence in God's person and power, amen, is what caused Paul to be able to rest in the full assurance that everything he committed to God and especially his eternal destiny, praise God, that he didn't have to fear the wrath to come. He he was already given full assurance through his confidence in Christ and his finished work and his love for him and his faithfulness to him. Hallelujah. That he was saved and safe in the arms of God. Summed up in the simple phrase, I'm persuaded that he is able, faithful and able. I'm going to tell you a story. I may have told you before. When I say a story, this is a historic account, a personal, uh, personal testimony. Uh, when death seemed so close to Delos Miles in a bunker in North Korea, he began to pray. As he lay on the ground, a Chinese soldier put a rifle to his head. Miles prayed something like this, Lord, if you are all-powerful, like I've always heard you are. You can bring me out of here alive. If you will save my life, I will do anything you want me to. 
The soldier fired instead of the bullet going through his head. It went down across his right side. After 18 hours in that bunker, pretending to be dead, and three days and three nights searching, Delos made it back to the 1st Marine Division. A few years ago, he served as professor of evangelism at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. What, what a, what a mighty, faithful God that we serve and we can have confidence in his faithfulness and his ability. There is nothing. I mean, when you can trust God and, 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 and have a confession, you can bring me out of this. When you got a gun, uh, an enemy soldier's gun against your, right, right against almost your head, and, and somehow or another the bullet didn't go through his head, went down instead of straight, how, who did that? How could that be? How could this man come out of something like that and live to tell the story that we just heard and give his life to this faithful God? He believed that God is faithful and he believed that God is able. Hallelujah. Whether in death or in life, we must believe that God is able to keep whatever we commit to him in faith. Because we know Him, we believe His Word, and because we have experienced His care, we trust in His power. Amen. Glory be to God. You know, I, 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 I love the faith chapter in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. It said, Through faith, Sarah, being past the age of childbearing, <laughs> received strength to bring forth a child <laughs> because she considered him faithful that promised, able that promised. Amen. It was his faithfulness and his absolute ability to do the humanly impossible. That's fundamental to the faith. If we don't believe God is supernatural and that His power is, is above all powers and, and all, and it defies logic, it defies science, it defies everything because He is able to subdue everything to Himself. That means if He wills it, he can do it, and it doesn't matter what the doctor says, the scientist says, it doesn't matter what logic says, amen. All that matters is his will and his response to our faith, amen. The Apostle Paul had a Christ-centered confession, and he had a confident conviction, and he also had a consuming commitment. He's able and faithful to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul committed his all to Jesus Christ. Paul committed his all for Jesus Christ. The call of Jesus was a call to commitment. It's a call to trust him. It's a call to live for him. It's a call to surrender our lives unto him and follow him. I've told you this story in our congregation, but we have a growing internet congregation. So I want to share this, this cute story with you, but there's a, there's a strong message in it. A chicken and a pig while traveling together 
came upon a family uh, impoverished and without any food for breakfast. The chicken moved with compassion, said to the pig, We can help them. I'll provide the eggs. You provide the ham. (laughs) The pig snorted. Just a little effort on your part. But for me, it requires a total commitment. The great apostle's certainty came through a full surrender to Jesus Christ and an absolute trust in him. Hallelujah. Listen, the scripture says that I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you offer your body. If you offer your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service, your true spiritual worship in many areas of, of, of explanation of that statement. Hallelujah. Because God has done so much for you to stimulate your devotion to Him through Christ. God has done so much for you, amen, by answering your prayers and keeping you. It is to stimulate devotion, not simple emotion. There are too many, I believe, emotional commitments that do not have true devotion. And that's why we see the falling away occurring. It is an immature understanding of the mission of Jesus and the finished work of Jesus and a lack of appreciation for it. We're not stimulated to give our all to Christ and therefore we can't find rest in Him and peace in Him. We're constantly tossed like the wave of a sea. The principle is in the book of James, isn't it? Amen. Where, where it says, uh, it says, but ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven by the wind and tossed. Too many Christians do not have an absolute certain confidence enough in Christ and devotion enough to Christ to give their all over to him. That's why we don't find the peace that the world is searching for even in our Christian walk. And we can't show it to them. We can talk about it. We can explain it biblically, theologically, but many times we can't reflect that in our own personal life. I burned out. I I broke under the load Uh, while ministering under a heavy anointing. I was told by a a Christian surgeon who who prayed over me, a Holy Ghost-filled surgeon, and he put his hand on my chest, and I didn't tell him about the nervous exhaustion I was going through. And he said, your body is like an overloaded fuse box and any any organ in it including the heart could be affected by it and 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 at any time in other words you're operating without that kind of peace without that kind of joy to give you strength you're just taking the load i took the load all on me i misinterpreted the scripture the apostle paul said in that that cometh upon me daily the care of all the churches. I thought it was part of the job to worry, to fret. I didn't know. 
Christ intimately enough. I didn't understand the principles of faith strong enough while preaching them, while praying for others, seeing them delivered. Many were healed, and here I was breaking under the load. But friend of mine, that was a time of great spiritual growth in my life. I wanted to know him enough to be fully persuaded that he was faithful and able to keep that that I committed unto him. Not just me and my issues and my problems, but the church and everybody else's issues. If you're part of my congregation physically, I gave you to the Lord too. And he's took good care of you, hadn't he? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I, I'm, I, I'll be honest. I didn't worry about you after I prayed for you anymore. Amen. I didn't wonder. I wonder if they're going to make it through. I wonder if they're going to know. I knew God had it and God had you and God holds you tight. In fact, he's, he said in the old covenant to ancient Israel, the covenant children of God, that we are much more so today. Amen. Amen. He said, I will uphold you. Don't be afraid. Fear not was his message. Don't be afraid. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Don't be afraid. If God is going to uphold us, if underneath are everlasting arms, hallelujah, praise God. Listen, friend of mine, we need to rest in him this Christmas season, and we need to reaffirm our faith in his finished work in our behalf, and we need to get to know him. We need some quiet time. We need to come out of the crowd for a little while. Quit being carried by the momentum of, of, of others. And I'm going to tell you right now, doubt is, is it, you, people are worried about catching COVID. We ought to be concerned about catching doubt. Doubt is highly infectious, highly communicable. An entire, entire nation of Israel, because of doubt and unbelief, did not cross over into the promised land for years and years and years, and lived like nomads in the wilderness, instead of living like the blessed children of God in the promised land. Amen. And it was because of an evil report, and the report was, there's walled cities, there are giants in the land, and we were as grasshoppers before them, and we, listen, they, they just absolutely did not demonstrate any confidence in God's faithfulness nor ability to give them that seemingly impossible promise and to fulfill it. And friend of mine, we've got to grow to where we believe him and trust in him. I need a good, solid amen out in this audience today. Hold fast your profession of faith. Don't let anyone talk you out of your faith in God, your trust in Christ today. We need confidence in him in order to rest in him. What a testimony that that we will have in this time of uncertainty and fear and doubt if we have an unshakable faith and unspeakable joy because of him and his promise to us. Hallelujah. And his work on the cross. 
Hallelujah. This Christmas, I believe the cross is more important to be preached than anything else we could preach about Christmas because confidence will not come to us through just a baby, a helpless baby in a manger, pure, wonderful, holy. Yes, he was, but he didn't come just to lay in a manger. He did not come to stay in the manger, but he came to grow to full maturity and at 33 years of age to take our place and our punishment upon the cross and to demonstrate his love for us on the cross and his power to keep every promise when he rose from the dead on the third day. Hallelujah. And we know that he is coming back for us soon. And very soon we shall see the king. Praise God. You won't see him on a donkey. Jesus, Jesus, the lowly Jesus is not the one that's coming back, but the glorified Christ. Hallelujah. Upon a white horse with a name written on his thigh, King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm glad this Christmas season that I can have confidence in Jesus Christ. Praise God. We need a consuming commitment to follow him, whatever the cost. Then we will know what it is to see the defeats turned into victory, sorrow turned into joy, death turned into life, and impotence into power. Hallelujah. Today, today, in this rushed, commercialized Christmas season, when the devil is doing everything he can to take us and our focus away. He wants us to stay in an infantile understanding of Jesus and of God. He doesn't want us to grow up and stand strong as mature Christians so that we can fight the good fight of faith and win. Now is the time to grow up in the Lord. Now is the time to stand up as men and women of faith. Now is the time to see our enemies vanquished and to see Jesus glorified and to see many souls ushered in to the kingdom of God. Now is the time to trust Him enough to rest in Him through all of the crisis and all of the, the not the great tribulation, but the, the tribulation that is promised as we live in faulty bodies in a fallen world. Jesus said it best when he said, My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. If you define peace in the dictionary, it is the absence of trouble. It's the absence of pressure. It's the absence of, of any kind of conflict. It's the cessation of those conflicts. It's the great calm when there is no issues and no problems. That will not occur in this world until Jesus comes to this earth to rule and to reign Praise God. But until he does, in this world, Christ went on to say, 
you will have tribulation. Theopsis is the Greek word. It's a word that means anguish and pressure and trouble. And we are not in the great tribulation. We're not in that seven-year period yet. But we are in this world. And this world is a fallen world. And it is marked particularly in the end time leading up to and through the tribulation, that men's hearts will fail them for fear. And looking at the things which are coming, these are not unfounded fears or paranoia. This is reality. And the things that are coming upon the earth, men's hearts will fail them for fear. What a time for the church to stand up with perfect peace, unspeakable joy, and a confidence that is unshakable. Because we don't, we don't just know what's coming, dear friend. We as Christians know who's coming. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming soon. And the bride is prepared to meet him through the word of God, the sanctifying Word of God. Amen. Washed thoroughly by the blood of Jesus and, and washed by the washing of water by the Word. We are ready. Our robes are white and we are ready with His righteousness to stand in His presence and be presented as His glorious bride today. Friend, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, there's no place to turn There's no place and no person to put your confidence in because there's no one, there is no one that can keep a promise to keep you. Save the one that gave his life for you on the cross and rose again the third day to conquer death in your behalf and in mine. Friend, I want you to know today it is this Jesus that beckons to you today. Come unto me, he says, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and listen, learn of me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Come to know me and you will find rest for your soul. That is confidence. That's the result of confidence in Him. You can rest whether you live, whether you die. You live unto the Lord, Paul said. You die, you die unto the Lord. Either way, I'm the Lord's. I don't fear life and all it may bring. In terms of heartache and disappointment and discouragement. And I don't fear death when it comes. Because I am the Lord's. (laughs) And I'm fully persuaded. That he's faithful and able to keep. What I've committed to him. Against that day. So today don't run from Jesus. Don't keep looking. To find peace and rest in any of man's systems or anyone in this world. Look unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Run to Him. 
repenting of your sin, confessing your sin, (laughs) receive Him as your Savior, and then confess Him. Hallelujah. Come to know Him. Follow Him. Serve Him. Rest in Him. And find the real joy of this holy day season in Jesus Christ. Amen.